0: Born National Edition in 2024. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. We are live on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver, Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. This hour of real Kipper and Bourne brought to you by Bet365. Boys, I, I just, ten, 10 day hiatus, just get on the bike, and start pedaling again. I
1: just realized we went a full hour of radio and television without mentioning that Canada lost at the World
2: Juniors <laughs> in the quarterfinals. I just thought of that. Bad producer. You know you know who could have seen that coming? Everyone we had on the show yeah. to talk about the World Boogie's Juniors. Google like, was like, yeah, I don't know about these yeah. guys.
0: Anyways, thought I should probably mention that. Is your heart broken a little bit? They. I didn't watch the first period, yeah. but I saw them pretty much dominate the second and third. Yeah. And then with what? Eleven seconds left, they get a horrific
1: off of uh, bounce
0: off of Oliver
1: Bonk, who plays for London, who is also Radic Bonk's kid, who's like clearly a famous Czech, won the gold medal with the Czechs, deflects it into his own net against the Czechs. Poor kid. I just, I hate the celebrated in his home country. Like at this point, you know, if you're above, it's all... if you're above the age of like eighteen or nineteen, getting really bent out of shape about this level of hockey is really bad. Like I was watching the game, I was like, oh crap, they lost. Turned it off. Like I get excited when they win. I love the level of hockey, but if you're, like, mean to the kids, yeah. it's like, and, and give me shout a shout-out
2: to Oliver Bonk, who's a great player. Who For people, sure. I mean, just, absolute.
1: Unlocky. Wrister yeah. off the stick, into the net, 10 seconds left, sucks, but, yeah. Just don't, 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 don't send mean DMs to them.
0: Don't, don't say, say that to the bean counters who... You know, there's, there's big money to be made well. with the Canada going to a final, boys. Well, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: heard the game was on, but I didn't want to watch. I heard it was on a different network, so I didn't know. You on. know, I, I love I loved that level of hockey. So, and, it, and we, you consider,
0: one. Sammy, all the World Junior stuff that you've watched over the past? Yeah. Like, how many bounces oh, have gone Canada's way a million over man. the years? A
2: million. What, Mason McTavish pulling that one yeah, off the goal line?
1: Yeah, about think about, like, the most famous goal in World Junior history, maybe, with Eberle. Mm-hmm. Where, like, it goes off a guy's thing, it lands on a stick on the backhand, he ties it. Can you believe it? Yeah, so they've gotten a lot of good breaks. Wait, it goes. Apparently America's juggernaut. Outside of that,
0: better. we had a, uh, an outdoor game in Seattle between the Kraken and Vegas Golden Knights. Eddie Olchuk's going to join us in a few minutes. Oh, of course, great. Hockey analyst for TNT, and he uh, covered the game as well in Seattle, so we'll get, to, we'll get a feel for, uh, for that game but like, the, the spectacle never gets old. Although we've seen it a thousand times, it is still pretty cool to see that helicopter shot of a 80,000-seat yeah. stadium.
2: Yeah, so. and, you know, the way they lean into the local markets is so cool like this. Yeah, coming in and the fishermen garb them, tossing fish <laughs> over their heads. You okay with that?
0: love Or is that a, just a, a rip-off of uh, the Red Wings with the octopus? No,
2: that's from the market.
0: Yeah. That's from the, what's it called? Pike Place Market? When they
2: walked out onto the ice, they were throwing fish yeah. back and forth between oh, the guys. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like a whole, yeah. not just fish on the yeah. ice. You're was, okay with that? Yeah, it's great. All right. Fully entertaining. Not, uh, good pace to the game. I actually really enjoyed and this Winter Classic.
1: I saw a little bit of, like, conjecture about, oh, the you expansion team, you get a World It's like, oh, great. We're going to have to watch Blackhawks and Penguins well, again. And also, it's are like, they in
2: the league or are they not in the league? Yeah. Like, I, if
1: they're a team, they get... To be a part of this. 10 out of 10. Jerseys, unbelievable.
2: See, Vegas, whoever made their original jerseys, should have watched that game and just felt great shame. Yeah. Because those, those jerseys were beautiful. They and I, were, yeah. Seattle's I'm too. not a jersey
0: guy, yeah. but uh, I, I really like the Vegas one.
2: Looked and great.
0: The barber pole for Seattle with, Actually, like, the really red like
2: pops it. out nicely. Like, yeah. those, both of those should be their primary jerseys. Legit. Totally agree. So, yeah, that, that was exciting. The World Junior's just, disappointing. Lots going on in the hockey world. The Leafs goaltending, fireworks are fun. <laughs> we just covered that in the last hour.
1: Yeah, that's, if there's one thing our national audience wants to hear, it's how the Leafs are in trouble with goaltending. They love
0: that.
2: <laughs> yeah, you guys <laughs> want to hear something?
0: <laughs> it wasn't Grubauer who pitched a shutout either for, for D'accord. Seattle. cord Okay, so like, what are we watching here now when we – look at the goaltending position as a whole here. I'm telling you,
2: analytics people have given up. I don't
0: know. It's never been, I don't know, um, what's the word I'm
2: looking for? Maybe devalued position? Well, it's like the running back in the NFL now. It's like, I don't know. Just put this guy in and they're all kind of the same. Maybe he'll block
1: some, maybe he won't. But the difference with that analogy is the reason it's like that is because there's a million good ones. Right. It's not because no, 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 there's 100%. no good ones. It's because they're all kind of pretty good. Yeah, it,
2: there's kind of, all the NHL
1: goalies are kind of bad. Like, oh, I see. oh, I see. You yeah. know what I mean? Like well, I
2: think the goaltending improved so rapidly and it kind of hits a ceiling where you can't get that much better with the yeah. shooters as good as they are now and who can maintain Out, that level uh, like 10 guys
0: outside of uh, uh Hildeby yeah. who's 6-7. Yeah. And maybe uh Levi who's in Buffalo, who's 5'11". Mm-hmm. They kind of all look the same now.
2: Yeah, not too much difference and in style. they're coached kind of the same. And I will say, when you see a variation in style, like a guy like Samsonov is aggressive and pushes a lot, it's usually bad. Peter Mrazek pushes a lot aggressive. Not great. You know, everyone's kind of quiet. They block and they say, if you can hit this little spot, you can have it. And the guys go, yeah, we can.
0: And Did we right. see that against uh, Edmonton and the LA Kings? With Connor uh, McDavid's goal. Do you see that one? Just about know. a foot off the the goal line.
2: Well, and Willie did it uh, last game against Columbus. They love
0: waiting these goalies out now. Yeah, they
2: get the reverse VH and they go, ting. And they, Banks. they drop.
0: Yeah. Like a stone.
2: They're, the goalies need to go back to the drawing board being like, we got to stop offering that little pocket because they can hit it. And you mentioned Peter Morazic. He of a 9.04. Oh, no, yeah. really? Yeah. Is he available?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so... The save percentage continues to drop.
2: League-wide, I think it's 9.03 now, down from 9.15 some seven years ago, six years ago. That's a big. 9.03 average.
0: That's a big drop. Significant.
2: Yeah, the shooting is just, it has evolved, to but, say the least. But two examples
0: in Canada where, hey, it still pays to have a pretty good goalie, and you may have to pay for it a
2: little bit. Them in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Connor Hellebuck in Winnipeg. The problem is people don't know who to pay because how many of those guys are doing consistently? Shesterkin, Sorokin, uh, Hellebuck, Demko. Half a dozen. Yeah, there's a half a dozen guys in the league. You're like, that guy can continue to do it. Other than that, it's like these guys. There's
0: 25 where you just scratch your head and go, I don't know what
2: I'm going to get. Looking through the stats, Aiden Hill, I guess, is the best goalie in the league right now, according to the numbers. Hey, Canadian. Is he? Yeah. Let's go. We're back. Let's go. And
0: he only got (laughs) what on a new deal? He won the Stanley Cup, and he only got what three three?
2: Is that we? I think a two-year deal or something was it? Maybe three or four. Oh, is it more than that? Okay, yeah. But yeah, but even then, the team wasn't like he knew. Yeah, I mean, Grubauer went and got his money in Seattle and struggled a bit. Kemper, two-year, nine point eight million dollar contract. Okay, that's a lot of money he's making. I
1: mean but, but only not compared two to years. players. Yeah, he's not making he's power per point, he's number. Four point nine, he's the best goalie in the league according to stats. True. So that's pretty good value.
0: I would say so. Samsonov waived at three five or three three three? three three three. But the Leafs are looking rather smart today without overcommitting on term.
2: Yeah. This is uh, expires at the end of this year at least.
0: Okay, as promised. We went out and got the best guest we could get 2024 he couldn't join us so let's bring in that old chuck <laughs> eddie we're giving you a chance
3: hey barney what's, up? what's up, pal?
0: <laughs> how are you are, are you are you okay from the outdoor game was it uh how was the temperature
3: uh it was uh it was good yeah it was uh i mean our position was up uh in the actual uh, baseball uh, press box and windows were open. So it did get a little chilly. We had a little bit of wind up there, but uh, no complaining when it's uh, 43 or 44 degrees and overcast and uh, know that did the game from ice level when uh, the Leafs were at the big house and uh, taking on the Red Wings when it was like minus, you know, minus four degrees and sleeting and slushing and whatever else that was going on. And that was the, that was the coldest, even, even more so I think than the first game in Buffalo Uh, that game at Ann Arbor at the big house was uh, as cold as I've been at any, uh, at any event. Uh, So it was a lot of fun and uh, the league did another great job. And I think the game was pretty entertaining. I don't know what you guys thought as far as on TV, but uh, I think the sight lines were unbelievable. And if it wasn't for the goalies, if it wasn't for uh, Joey Decord, and Logan Thompson, I think we could have had ourselves a 5-3 type of game because of some of the unbelievable chances either team's had. So uh, it was, uh, I think, a win-win. And uh, it was uh, fun to be a very small part of it on the broadcast here down here in the States.
2: Having been around so many of them, Eddie, is the magic still there? Is it still doing it for the local fans the way it did out of the gates?
3: Oh yeah. I, I, I do believe that Borny. I think that, uh, you know, just from hearing, uh, you know, from the underground back in the day when this started to be to become a realistic possibility of having games outdoors in the national hockey league and have them count for two points or in some games, three points, you know, there was some hesita- hesitation. And I think when you look back now, uh, You know, we have the greatest fans in the world. I don't think there's no doubt about that. National Hockey League fans are the greatest. And when you can get 47,000 plus like you did here in Seattle uh, yesterday, or you can get 100,000 plus at the big house, uh, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, and have the entertainment aspect of it and the curiosity aspect of it in a lot of these different cities that we've had. I mean, right. Boston right we've been to Fenway Park twice so you knew what it was the first time mm-hmm. and of course you had to go back and get another taste again because you're going into one of the iconic ballparks or stadiums and all of professional sport it is and even from the broadcast side there is just something about being in the venue and seeing the you know the backdrop and knowing what the building is for the stadium is for on a regular basis and all of a sudden the NHL invades and it just becomes a, a hockey wonderland. And, uh, yeah, so long-winded hundred percent. Uh, it, it's just, it, it takes me back to the days of, uh, when my dad would build a rink in our backyard growing up in the suburbs of Chicago or going out and playing outdoors or seeing my kids go out and play at outdoor rinks, whether we were time in, uh, you know, time in Winnipeg or a time back in Chicago. Uh, it's, uh, it is about the grassroots, and I think it is a celebration of the game. And uh, it, uh, I, it for me, anyways, uh, I love being a very small part of it.
0: We're talking to Eddie Olt, hockey analyst with TNT, does a terrific job covering the Kraken as well as the National Hockey League. Edzo, we were just having a conversation just prior to you coming on about the goaltenders and you know whether or not uh, you know ultimately we'll ever see. Our era, Edzo, where we saw Uh almost half the league spend six, seven, eight million dollars on a star goaltender that they just said we cannot win without him. And you just mentioned Joey Decord, and no, he's not Philip Grubauer, who's making six million bucks yet. Tremendous amount of success. Can he continue it? How far do you think you, you can see him with success? It seems that the turnaround kind of uh, indicative of of how he's been the last little while.
3: Well, I would disagree from the aspect of you know maybe the thing I would agree is is that the team has accumulated points here in the last nine. They've gone nine straight games with, uh, you know, with points in, in in that streak. The goaltending this year, to me, has is been is been very good. The, the Kraken are not or have been not battling to get above. Uh, you know, that, uh, you know, that so-called playoff line because of their goaltending. Their their goaltending has given them a chance pretty much. Look, every team has rough games. Every goalie has rough games. But I think for, in particular, Philip Grubauer, Joey Decord, and Chris Drieger, I mean, how about Chris Drieger's story? He hadn't played in a National Hockey League in 19 months. And he gets the first game coming out of the Christmas break, you know, and Seattle goes into Calgary and, the guy plays unbelievable. So, I mean, what a lift that is, you know, not only for the individual and Chris Drieger, but also for the team. And then Joey DuCord comes in and, and plays really, obviously plays well against Philadelphia where the team didn't play that great early. He gave them a chance. But the goaltending in Seattle, to me, uh, Kipper and Borny, um, if they're if they're better players or they're guys that are expected to do what they were expected to do like they did last year, Earlier, then this team would probably have another eight or 10 points, and they would be up mm-hmm. where Vancouver and uh, Vegas and uh, LA are. But their better players struggled early. But as of recently, these last nine games, their better players have been just that. And I think it's kind of gone hand in hand. So uh, for people that maybe don't follow the Kraken um, on a daily basis, yeah, their goaltending has been very good here recently. But the goaltending has been very good pretty much all season long, in my opinion. But their better players have been their better players. And you guys know this. You, you need your best players to, to to be at their very best each and every night. And, uh, and they've done that. And they've gotten themselves back into a playoff spot. And look, at this was a team that had 100 points last year and came within one goal of going to the conference final. And they're trying to get back to where they got to last year.
2: And so beyond the goaltending in Seattle, we were just talking league wide, like league average save percentage is down to a nine Oh three. Last I checked, you know, it was 915, five, six, seven years ago. You know, Drieger is a great example of a guy who it's like, it it feels like the line between an NHL starter and backup and AHL goalie is so thin these days to what do you chalk up the decline of goaltending statistics and the lack of clean starters?
3: Oh, wow, that's a great question. Um I, I would say that the importance and the understanding is that you're gonna need two. You're gonna I, I think you're gonna yeah. need two guys just because of the the way that the game is now Borny than maybe it was 10 years ago, 15 for sure, and then you want to go on, there's no doubt about it. I mean, the game is just it just seems like there's more more opportunity to create and generate offense, you know, the power play numbers, uh, the creativity of the player. Now, a lot of teams sitting there, instead of airing on a side of defense, uh, they're more going to say, you know what, we're, we, you know, we, we know we can get four or five. So you just tell your goaltender, hey, Kipper, you just go whisper in ear and you tell Ricky Rod or Glenn Healy and go, hey, just don't give up the fifth one and we're going to win the game. You know, <laughs> like that's, you know, so, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't sit here and say it's any one one thing. As far as I'm concerned, Borney, but you do need. I think it's proven. You, you do need a couple. And look at. I mean, just look at Vegas for for a second here, right? Like, look at the guys that they had last year play for them, and then all of a sudden, Aiden Hill, who was what third string, four. I mean, I don't even know what number he was last year, but all of a sudden, he grabs the mantle and he's hoisting the Stanley cup and signs a healthy contract and had four or five teams that were willing to throw a lot of cake at him. And, and uh, for a guy that was just trying to survive and stay in the national hockey league. So I think team styles the way that the game is. And, uh, you know, you got some, you got some prolific offensive players and when they get looks, there's a pretty good chance that you know, I mean, your Matthews and you know, and, and, uh, I know Ovi's off to a you know off to a tough start, but your Kyle Connors, your guys that maybe only need one or two chances to put the pack the, put the puck in the back of the net. Uh, you're starting to see more guys that all they need is instead of needing ten or fifteen chances, a lot of these guys may only need three or four, and when they get three or four, they're going to put the puck in the in the, the back of the net. So it, it's great for the broadcasters because. <laughs> And I know, you know, I mean, in in particular, just covering a lot of Seattle games. I mean, recently here, it just seems like every game is two, one, three, two. I know yesterday was three, nothing, but as I said earlier, that game could have been five, three. I mean, he could have had eight or nine goals in that game. So the chances were there and sometimes the goaltenders cooperate and sometimes they don't. And, uh, you know, depending on what side of the fence you look at. Yeah,
0: but uh, as far as the overall goalie union, I I don't think they can be too happy. And Eddie, if you've really kind of followed what's happened in the last 15, 20 years, especially coming out of the the lockout in 2004, everything has been geared towards the shooter, right? All the rules changes was to create more offense. And
3: nothing's really there for the goalies. The same things happen in football. I know there isn't goalies in football, but a it's protect the quarterback, right? And then o- open up all of the offense. When you look at league wide scoring and you know that type of stuff, I mean, just the rules for the defensive player, I mean, it's very, very difficult. So I think it, there, there's a there's uh, I think there's some similarities there. Kipper to the heart of your question, right, is to encourage offense or to uh, at least allow for offense. I mean, I, I've said this for. I want to say twenty-five years, but pretty darn close. Um, I would always be really interested. Again, I'm, I'm going towards the offensive part. It's maybe not to what you're talking about, Dipper, as far as the the goalies. But how, do you, do you guys believe that if the the instead of having the first and third period in your home zone, what happens if if we flip that? What happens if we went to the home zone is only in the second period and the long changes in the first and the third period, Mm -hmm. how much, how many more chances would we have? It doesn't mean we're going to score more, but when you look at the numbers or you look at, at least when we do the games on TNT, at least the opportunity to be able to create more chances because it is harder to make those changes sometimes sometimes the quick ups and several catch teams and you want to generate more opportunities i would be really interested i've lobbied for that for a long time of what you know what would that look like and look at the offense is there and, and you see some of the games and we've had some unbelievable high scoring games this year but you wonder how much more again catering to the offensive part of the game like they do in football and you know baseball to a certain extent you know with the the pitch clock now and everything else but i think in the game of hockey it'd be what, what would you guys think about that and how do you think it would mm-hmm. you know maybe impact impact the game overall and the in the offensive part of the game
2: i mean i i love it I love it in particular because it's harder to change and you're tired in the third period. So you're going to have more gas, guys, more mistakes, more action. More too too many men on the ice. Yeah, more too many men for sure. More breakaways. (laughs) So I really like that idea. And while we're stealing uh, ideas for the NFL, uh, this will be part of an article I'm writing for tomorrow. But uh, how about some motion behind the line of scrimmage? Can we get some some people starting to move a little bit, steal some NFL ideas, send some guys at puck drop? What do you think, Kip? You want to get a wide receiver going out wide before the puck drops? Hut. All
0: right. <laughs> I would be,
2: I would have been all for that, right? I love it, right?
0: I'd like a ten get, foot run at a at a player.
2: Yeah, get a cook, get a cook in a little <laughs> bit before you drop it. Let's go. Let's get weird,
0: Eddie. Um, in, in terms of some of the teams that we've seen in the, in the first half, if we want to consider what yeah. thirty four, thirty five games, uh. Enough for you to understand or believe that uh, a team like the Vancouver Canucks, who ended at Christmas as a top team, can continue yeah. that?
3: Oh, I do. I think talk, I think Rick Tockett has done uh, an incredible job. They've really kind of changed the dynamic and makeup of their team. I mean, they still have some injuries, too. I mean, a guy like Carson Soucy, who played here in Seattle, was a free agent signing uh, in Vancouver, and you know, big body. I mean, he went up and picked up Zadorov. You know, Horone came in last year. You got a guy that's, uh, you know, certainly in the top two or three for Norris Trophy on the back years there in Quinton Hughes. But they've you know, they found a way, right? And they, are, they seem to be in every game. They, they're a straight line team. They play hard. They're obviously super, you know, well-coached. And uh, I would be very surprised, Kipper and Borney, if, if, if the Vancouver Canucks would fall off. Now, are they going to have a, you know, a dip? Yeah. A lot of, a lot of teams do over 82 games. Right. And kind of been a big believer and learned this over the years is that you're going to have those you know 82 game schedule and we're just going to round it off here, but you know, you're going to have 20 games where you're going to be lights out. Every team doesn't matter what yep. the record is. You're going to have 20 games where you're absolutely lights out and there's going to be a pretty good chance. You're going to find a way to get points in those games. And then you're going to have 20 games in the course of the season, whether it's schedule or injuries or just the fact of playing an 82 game schedule where you feel like your legs are a baggage claim for a lot of those games. And you're going to, you're going to be on the wrong end. That's just, that's just the way that it is. I think what separates everybody else is what the hell happens with those other 40, 42 games. Right. And that's what separates the teams that make it and they don't, can you limit the damage when you go eight or 10 game segments in, in, can you make sure that you at least be our 500 in those 10 game segments? If you start looking, when you start going three points, four points in those 10 games, Wow. Either you've dug yourself a hole, or you've put yourself in a really tough spot. So them getting off to a great start, they've put money in the bank and and the goaltending, obviously. I mean, you know, it's it's been pretty damn good to be honest with you. And uh, you know what you're going to get in in JT Miller, and I'm happy for Brock Besser, and you know, to be able to bounce back the way that he has. And um, so yeah, I, yeah, I, I think I would be surprised if Vancouver is not in it um, come the last you know ten days, two weeks of the regular season. So i will keep in that division
2: for my last question for you, Edzo, and just ask about the the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. What are they like? Is this team that has now won five in a row? Are they going to be at the top of the division with the Vegas and Vancouver's? Maybe, or is this? Are they really flawed here? I, I'm having trouble trying to make sense of what they are.
3: Yeah, I mean sometimes they they look like that. They're they're the team that's going to win the Western Conference, right? And, and get back to where they were a couple of years ago and, and be within striking distance. And like you, when you have obviously Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisidel, um, you're going to be in every game. Right. So maybe I go back to what I said a little bit earlier morning, Kipper, right. It's like, all right, look at, we know, we, we know we could get five or six, so don't give up five, whatever you do, whoever's yeah. playing goal. So, <laughs> and then that's the mindset. I mean, that's, that's just the reality of and can they you know can they defend enough you know I, I I've always I've been a big fan of Evan Bouchard and I became a bigger fan of him after Duncan Keith spent that time with with Bouchard in Edmonton and then talking to Duncan Keith about Evan Bouchard and and look at like every player has blemishes right like there is no perfect player in a National Hockey League I mean there are some guys that are really close I will admit that but a guy like Evan Bouchard, look at, yeah, is he going to miss some assignments defensively? Absolutely. Uh, is he going to give you, you know, the, the, the right reads uh, on plays defensively uh, coming out of the corner or on the, uh, off the rush? No, it, not all the time, but boy, oh boy. I mean, I watch him some nights there. And obviously, you know, we know cough, Coff, Paul coffee is back there working with the demon. Uh, I, I think the guy like it, and I think it's there again, just finding that consistency, of, of knowing when to go ahead and, and the green light is there and to think offense and other times it's okay to live the fight another day and, and not be right in the middle of anything offensively. And, and sometimes just go out there and, and not be noticed. So the question I have is can they defend enough and do they have mm-hmm. enough defenders and having that consistency on, on the back end. And then obviously the goaltending, like, do, you know, is, is it, Will it be good enough? But then I go back to what I said earlier, and I've repeated this now three times. But look, if they give up four or five, the guys that they have up front, they can get five or six, and and they should be in every game just because those guys are are, are breathing different air than the majority of the National Hockey League. So I still have questions, but uh, I think I'd probably be, I, I would say they're probably dealing from, you know, probably more strength with the way that the game is and and what they're able to do um, than anything
0: else. One more for me, Edzo, and we'll let you go, I promise. Um, and you, prior to you going to Seattle, you did a heck of a job covering the Chicago Blackhawks. With the play of Connor Bedard this past season, is there any part of you that would think that the Chicago Blackhawks would take a run uh, at signing some prominent free agents if, in fact, Willie is still around or in another year um, they would entice Pettersson to wait in Vancouver um, mm-hmm. And and they would speed up the process of of surrounding this guy with some talent.
3: Oh, I mean, look at I mean, just knowing the you know the people involved there, and and obviously Danny Wirtz taking over for 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 his dad, the late Rocky Wirtz, and and knowing Kyle Davidson and Norman McIver, kind of the head of the hockey operations department there in Chicago, is that you know they've got a plan and. They know exactly where they are and where they're, you know, and where they're trying to get to. So look it it is about talent. The league teams that win have stars and they have a star and a half there in Connor Bedard, but you're right. I mean, the need to surround him, you know, with the right type of players. I, I know I caught a lot of heat before the season started, but I thought the best free agent signing that there was in the entire National Hockey League this year was the signing of Nick Foligno when he went to Chicago better than Hall, better than Perry. I thought that that was the most cageyest, the smartest free agent signing that there was in a national hockey league because a guy like Nick Foligno has no agendas. He plays one way and whether he plays eight or 80 minutes a night, he's going to give you everything he has. And he knows what his strengths are. And a guy like Connor Bedard will, learn and I'm sure has learned so much from being agro- around a guy like Nick Felino, not only on the ice guys, but also off the ice. And it is about, uh, it is about production. It is about having star players, but the ability to have a guy like Nick Felino there will be long lasting for the Chicago Blackhawks. And then more in particular for a guy like Connor Bedard. And then when they do bring in, better players and obviously draft players and hope that they're on, you know, breathing that same type of air. Look that. That's rare air. A guy like Connor Bedard breathes. but when you do bring in the right players, they got to have, they can't be self-led agenda type of players. Like th- that's just the way that it is. And I, I, I believe that. Yeah. Why wouldn't they, right? They're going to have space. They know they need to surround a guy like Connor Bedard with a, you know, a premier center iceman, uh, you know whether that's from within and you develop or you trade for a guy or, you know, you have assets or you go ahead and sign somebody. So I, I would be surprised if they don't take runs of people. But again, I, I'm not really sure and I'm not there on a daily basis. But, uh, you know, Nick Felino's the type of guy that I think makes an impact on Connor Bedard is a guy like Marty LaPointe did when he was in Chicago On Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves and Brent Seabrook and Duncan Keith, like those are the type of guys that you need with your franchise and can make a long-lasting impact on those guys. And uh, I thought that was just an unbelievable signing. And I know there were a boatload of teams that wanted Nick Foligno. And yeah, did they overpay him? Yeah, they probably did. But you know what? They had the money and they needed to because they knew exactly what they needed to surround a guy like Connor Bedard did. And, and Nick Felino's had himself one heck of a season under Luke Richardson.
0: Edzo. Great stuff as always, man. Happy new year. Thanks for doing this. Happy
3: new year. Thanks. Love Edzo. you guys. See ya. Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for bud.
0: having me. See ya. Great stuff as always. Eh? Yeah, Edzo. man. Yeah.
1: Really thoughtful stuff. Is there a higher approval rating guy than Nick Foligno? Yeah. Who doesn't love him? Everyone loves him. We interviewed him in the summer and he came on with me and Gunnar. I was like, I love that guy.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> like he's just like he's it's everyone who talks to that him, him just loves him. Didn't work it's, here because no, of injury. Was, yeah, His injury. And, he would have been perfect.
0: Just yeah. in theory. Try right. him again. He had he had a bad back. Try him again. He, the
2: problem is he signed for four yeah, he makes million dollars. <laughs> <Too much money. laughs> <laughs> you know, even at retaining, it's too, how many uh, years did he get? Just one year. Just four one, mil. Yep. Yeah. That him be, and Perry were uh, like take a big paycheck uh, to go could you see, mentor. Could you
0: see them moving him at the trade deadline? I think
2: that was probably part of the original thing was like by the time the deadline is I think it's March third, you know, he's only owed X, so you retain half, you gain it all an depends asset on where you think he fits,
0: right? It's gotta be a fit guy.
2: Yeah, well, he's having a pretty good year at Edzo's point. Um How many minutes is he playing? That's a great point.
0: Right? And then on a contending team, can he get the same minutes? Do you ex- does he expect to get the same minutes? All right. He plays a
2: lot. Nick Foligno has eight goals, nine assists, 17 points. He plays a lot. He's he played a total a of 18 minutes this year per game. 17.52. Where, feet. Fit, where would he fit? Last three games, team. he's 46, Yeah, that's, that's I mean, a lot. He, yeah. Could he play third line center on your playoff is. team? His back feels good. Yeah. Back's yeah.
1: doing better. Yep, back is feeling better. <laughs> yeah, the- uh, we'll do game time on the other side of the break. Set a break here. Okay,
2: yeah. hold on. Quick thought oh. of the Ed So's point about goaltending yes. save percentages going down. Yeah. I thought tandems was a really smart point. That you know the best goalies used to play all the time, and they don't anymore. Now you willingly hand the ball yeah. to a guy you don't think is yeah. as
0: good a lot. But they didn't get there on their own. They got there because they screwed up their salary cap, and that's who teams in general. Oh yeah, right. Like I, I think it's evolved that way because they felt that that's where you can kind of save money. Yeah. You can skim off of, uh, and, and least affect your team. Yeah. No. Hey, listen, everyone's looking for an angle at the end of the day. If you have the puck in the offensive zone, then it doesn't matter who you have back there. And that's the philosophy is less is more. And that's the philosophy that's make, worked for no make, one. Make so the far saves in you're the supposed to make <laughs> yeah. the days of the, the, the standing on your head and being the f- first star most nights is over. Sergei Bobrovsky,
2: two bad years, and then he's the best guy on earth. And... He's, he's hanging on. Yeah. He's hanging on. The contract is not looking terrible. Ah, yeah. Yeah. It's, looking... <laughs> it's looking less it's, terrible. Yeah, there
0: you go. Yeah. Hey, the odds are still against him.
2: For sure.
0: This deep into that contract. Yeah. But we shall see. Okay. As Sammy mentioned, game break after the break. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Born. More to get into NHL news and notes, including a major announcement out of Ottawa. Steve Steos. but before that, he hired himself. Game notes or oh, yeah, game, sorry, time. game time? Game
1: time. Let it rip. Uh, where's my sheet? Uh, it's been a while since I should have this memorized. On We've A long lineup today. Long lineup. Yeah, too many, of too many pages. All right, it's game time. Presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Please pay responsibly. Um, the first thing I wanted to do was to check in on the future market to see uh the
0: uh the Dow favorites.
2: Jones. No. <laughs> you Sammy, Sammy's got money in the Dow Jones? <laughs> 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 Didn't mean to laugh at that, by oh, the way. No. I mean, <laughs> no
0: it's a hundred percent able to laugh. I bet you you got about a dollar forty worth of change in your pocket. Uh
1: I got nothing in my pocket <laughs> in my pocket. I got a Wonder Bar wrapper in my there pocket. There you go. Um, <laughs> no, for the, for the future, for the trophies. So, like, for the yeah. Calder, Bedard's still a massive favorite, minus 450. The closest to him is Brock Faber at plus 1,200. Luke Hughes, plus 1,600. Fantilli is plus is 20 to 1, who he... Uh, I like
2: that Fantilli.
1: I do, too. Actually, that's one thing we didn't get to talk about. You guys talked about it on air, but I just loved the whole Benoit situation.
2: Where oh, he yeah. got in
1: his grill, yeah, and then went and fought the toughest guy in the team Ransom right away. Like, Don't talk to him. You he's have like, to okay, we we'll He's like, I guess. And he tried to he tried to give him the BEXA, the Superman punch to start. Really loved that Benoit moment there.
0: So yeah, the twenty to one for him. Uh, he, he, didn't, he wasn't trying to check on his phone, was he, or
2: anything? What's that? Oh. oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! This is a Columbus joke. <laughs> uh,
1: so, and the there's a dead heat in the Heart Trophy race between Connor McDavid at plus three twenty five and Nikita Kucherov, who's having an unbelievable
2: yeah. season. Yeah, imagine picking Kucherov in that situation; you'd have to be out of your tree. Okay, McKin- we-
1: McKinnon tr- creeping up there at plus four twenty five. You see that clip of him trucking the guy on? Yeah, and then, and then talking, standing yeah. over
2: him. Like, McKinnon oh is owed a lifetime achievement heart. By
0: when, the way, when when do we get to decide whether or not? Tampa Bay is a good team or not? They're not. They just got good players. So they have good okay. tall players. When do we. <laughs> let we love rephrase that. That. I love that answer. Let yeah. I think you're right. rephrase that. When do we uh, decide whether or not Tampa Bay is a dangerous team or not?
2: Well, to me, they're in the same class as two Canadian teams, maybe three if you want to put Vancouver, but Toronto and Edmonton, where they also have very good players mm-hmm. and also have significant question marks in other places where it's like if they got good goaltending for. Th- but one, one a month, they could kill you. Isn't in that. Oh, but they have Vasilevsky right. I've heard of him. Yeah, that does separate them a little bit, oh, doesn't mean, it? You
1: mean Vasilevsky, the number one reason the Leafs got past the first round last year?
2: Yeah, he wasn't so, great in that yeah, series.
0: Where, where's, where's the belief that this guy is still the man?
2: He's still the man.
0: Is he? It's Andre Vasilevsky. He hasn't played that great.
2: Um, or at least the
0: consistency yeah. has not been there like yeah, in the yeah. past. I get it. Uh, Jack Adams, Rick Talkett, prohibitive
1: favorite, two to one now. Uh, the Norris is between Hughes and McCarr as usual. Evan Bouchard is the third favorite, plus 1400, <laughs> which is crazy. And uh, Matthews is a minus 110 for the Rocket. Huh. So there you go. There's the future market. Desna, is, Demko is a
0: favorite with Hellebuck right behind him.
2: Matthews minus or plus 110? Minus 110. Wow.
0: Who's a bigger surprise? Vancouver or, or Winnipeg?
2: Vancouver. Vancouver. For sure. Really? Winni- Winnipeg to me has always no, been. no.
0: Winnipeg to me is a bigger surprise because this team was supposed to implode. It's a good question. Let me wrap up
1: game time and then we'll get it to it after okay. that. Uh, the last one I had was the 2014 parlay, which I like to call the Sid and Ov both to score a goal tonight is plus 525. And a goal for Trevor Morgan. What's the Sid least. at one nine? Yeah, yeah. Uh, seven? He's... Pardon? Is that seven goals now? No, he's Sorry, got... sorry uh, Ov. Yeah, I think he's at seven. Seven or eight. So uh, that yeah, would
2: dead last. Good <laughs> tournament, though. Is he, he going to get
0: to 30? Uh, no. He's
2: not no. going to get to <laughs> oh, no, 45.
1: What was your number at this early? 26 come and on. a half? There's, there's got
0: to be a stretch here where OV kind of gets it going a little bit. And uh. it starts tonight on Game Time. And that was Game Time presented by
1: Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19
2: plus, Ontario only.
1: Please play responsibly.
2: Winnipeg Jets 7 okay. 1 and 2 in their last yes. 10. So,
0: so why are you so fast to dismiss that Vancouver's just a, a, a bigger story or bigger a surprise. surprise?
2: Well, I think Vancouver was pretty bad last yeah. year, right? It I mean, core they were t- stunk. supposed to trade JT Miller yeah. at one point, or that was traded. It was all yeah, like they were unraveling.
0: Everybody and was supposed to leave Winnipeg, yeah. Shifley was supposed to be gone. Connor Hellebuck had permission to go talk to New Jersey.
2: Yeah. They didn't want to pay him in New Jersey? What are you doing?
1: Where would they be right now? What are you doing? New Jersey would be by far the best team in the league.
2: What are you doing? The uh, NHL winning percentage. Leagues uh, sorted by winning percentages. Rangers, Boston, Winnipeg. One, two, three. Winnipeg, third
1: overall. But to me, they made the playoffs last year. There's been a... I wouldn't I would go as far as to say tradition. That's a little strong, but there's been a pedigree of winning there. Mm-hmm. They've always been like a plucky team, a decent team. They've always been in the fight. To me, Vancouver was bad.
2: But, you know, Winnipeg had to make the Peel Dubois deal, which, which was, was like they you knocked Wheeler. Chevy killed it, knocked yeah, it out of the park. You lose Wheeler and Dubois, it's tough to say we're going to be a lot better. And Velarde, yeah. I follow. Kapari hasn't played much, but they've been very when good. When do we
0: give Rick Bonus even more credit for calling – that room out mm-hmm. like he did, and the recovery time to get them back on board and being a solid hockey club like it's 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 phenomenal
2: yeah, you lose wheeler, I mean obviously dubois you you lost guys who didn't weren't pulling in the same direction as everyone else I think they're line A once upon a time was there. I think you could maybe draw a
1: line between the two guys that left and the stuff that. Bonus said. Sure. You know? Like, I think Wheeler had that conversation with Christine Simpson about how he was perceived. I think P.L. Dubois gone to... He didn't like
2: d- it. He felt like they blamed him
1: for yeah, it. Yeah, I, but, I mean, when you're saying that stuff,
0: probably means not, that not there anything. was a little truth he to just, that. Yeah. A little bit too much power, mm. I think, for Wheeler, that's all. And maybe I he'll think, admit it somewhere yeah. down the road that, yeah, there's a few situations they could have handled differently mm-hmm. without getting into... Real specifics, sure. But yeah, either way, uh, great
2: both great stories. Yeah, they're, Jets they're are
0: phenomenal stories.
2: Plus thirty goal differential, connects plus forty three. Hum f- and hum and hum. Did you
1: want to mention the Cole Perfetti thing with Hartman?
2: Here? Love this, love
1: this. So, um, who hit uh, Kaprizov? Brennan Dillon gave Kaprizov a cross check in the hip. Right, hurt him. That being Minnesota's best player, and he's out. I think a week, maybe two. And Ryan Hartman told a mic'd up Cole Perfetti that he was going to high stick. We have the clip of Perfetti talking. Okay, uh, If you, uh, Dutchie, if you want to get that clip ready, it's a really funny clip if you want to play it for us here now.
0: To follow on that, Cole, did he make it pretty clear that he was doing that as retribution for what had happened the day before?
4: Yeah, yeah, he did. He made it pretty obvious, you know. He did it in a, I mean, he said it in kind of a respectful way, like, I mean, he said, no, uh, no disrespect, no, nothing against you. Just, you know, had to happen. Some, some, something had to happen against. You know what? For, for what happened to Cap was off there. I mean, he's obviously going to be out for a little bit, and you know, I don't think Dilly was trying to hurt him. I think he's just playing heavy, and that's just, you know, that play happens. Like, you know, he wasn't. I don't think trying to be a, you know, a bad guy. I think he was just, you know, that's what he thought he needed to do to get back at us. Um, you were mic'd up too, right? I was, yes. So we caught it all. I was going to say, you know, combo. If, if this went to a court, you got uh, the smoking yeah, he gun. Yeah, you wouldn't be doing, yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't have much. They, uh, yeah, we, I was mic'd up, so I don't know if you realized that or not. I mean, this was getting notified. But to come out and blatantly say it to the mic, it was. It worked out in our favor.
2: He actually said to him, like, I'm going to high stick you in the face. You and you then the, do you see the video it? of it? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, my God, he just bashes him straight in the mouth. And he got fined. Yeah. I got to tell you.
1: Love it. Hartman's a dirty guy, really? and I really? love really? it. You know who else loves it?
2: Who's that? The league. What's that?
0: Well, they only find
2: him. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. But they can't use the audio. Yeah. So part of the, in order to get players to agree to be mic'd up, the agreement is that nothing you do or say can or you can will just, be used to get <laughs> you in a court of I, law. Can I just
0: <laughs> remind you, this is the NHL. They can do and say whatever the hell they want.
2: Yes, you're right. They could have been like, right. "Yeah, we didn't use Can't the audio." Use the audio, yeah. No, but, they used the audio. Did. It's like in and a then court they case where it. they're like, "Strike that for the record." It's like, but the jury heard it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they loved it. Yeah, good. But you good. know, good. maybe maybe thoughts. more guys will have second thoughts about. Listen, they love players policing themselves. Still, right? They do. And then there's a
2: line, and, and Ryan when you Hartman's cross a it, player, player. they
0: step in. Yeah, but until then,
2: this stuff has been going on forever. So I am a little – it's a curious choice to choose Cole Perfetti to me. Is it not? Well, he's a, one of their – I guess he's like a good young player. It's not Mark Shifley or Kyle Connor or Velarde or – oh, See, we got the video here. Oh. Yeah, he just hit him in the mouth. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. <laughs> hit him in the mouth. Yeah. No, I think it's a good choice. <laughs> By Hartman. Yeah, it's like – I know, people are going to hate us for that. I know, totally agree.
0: Yeah, it's perfect. It's like – Don't hit
2: our best player. And let everyone on your bench yeah. know why that happened.
0: Go after a young guy, vulnerable, <laughs> because then it forces <laughs> it forces their team what a to go. Show. You can't, be supporting you can't this. go after like you know our our young chickadees right. here. Yeah, right. We got to do something. It it it. There's more of a reaction than a
2: veteran. I think it is, or is equal. Equal, lo- but, but I think you have to clarify if you're Hartman to Perfetti. Here's why this has happened. Otherwise, it just looks like a really egregious act. The, the part I go don't, tell your friends.
0: The part I don't like is this. how polite he was. Hartman. Yeah, very
2: respectful. Oh, I like it.
0: Yeah. No, I, no, like I don't it. want no, respect it's either. Transactional. It's transactional. <laughs> I don't want respect. Just so you
2: know, I'm going to take two of your teeth. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> what do you say?
2: What, what do you think? Excuse
0: me, sir. I'm going to cross check you in the mouth. Yeah, just so you know, you're done. Yeah, you're done because of him.
2: No, I like the. And then I you turn like around the nice and, cities. Cities. and then
0: you go back. Like, there was a couple occasions where I had to go to Peter Bondra in Washington, me and Alan May, and go, hey, listen, take it easy there a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm tired of I'm fighting I'm tired, on I got behalf. a bad shoulder. Yeah. You know, don't drag me into another one. I just, let's get off this road trip. It
2: would be fun to have a couple of guys <laughs> fighting for you. I'd be running my mouth, too. Yeah. What'd you have to say, Kip? Kip!
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right, uh, Steve Sales has appointed himself. Good hire. General manager, full-time.
2: Is it not a little funny, like just a little bit funny, that they hired Jacques Martin to be their coaching consultant, and then he hired Jacques Martin, and then Steve (laughs) Steos, who's conducting the GM search, found Steve Steos. It's a little funny. (laughs) It is funny. I mean, they're both good, credible hires, and in no way am I saying they're not qualified or whatever. They're great hires. But it's a little funny to be like, you know who would be great at that job? (laughs)
0: <laughs> i don't understand why he wants it
2: what do you You're mean are the president? Is that 32 gms yeah now he's a shield for this president job if someone needs if he needs to get fired he can fire himself from that one
0: no i i think he's at a point where if he can get himself fired
2: fired that's package deal you think
0: right if you yeah. if you stink as a GM, why do, why do I want you president of Hockey Ops?
2: Yeah, he might, might not have thought this through.
0: <laughs> <laughs> might, have, might have lumped himself in. I just, I, I think that's the ultimate job, the president of uh, Hockey Ops. And new. now you brought in Dave Poulin, who's, you know, been around the block. Yeah. And y- you can sit up top and even mentor Mm-hmm. A general manager.
2: But this right? is new, Kip, where you talk about the president as, like, the job. You know, it wasn't until very recently where the GM was kind of the guy who ran the show. and we The president was, like, the business guy yeah. who took care of ticket sales and all that stuff. Now it's like, you know, you have Gorton in um, Montreal and Rutherford in Vancouver and these Big guys. Fee yeah, in, uh, in Vegas. Right, who kind of feel like the GM is, you know, I want to say a... Puppet, but at least the president has say in the hockey side a lot more than I Brennan. used to feel like little, they did.
0: Brendan Shanahan in Toronto? I'm not saying,
4: just saying. They
0: could also push in Ryan Bonus if they need to. You got to think that they are somewhat grooming him to slide in there eventually, maybe.
2: I don't know. Should you not just give him the job then if you well, think he's going to eventually do They appointed him
0: the team's associate general manager. I've always wondered what so. was
2: higher, associate or assistant. I that's the answer. Associate
0: huh? sounds way better on a business card. Does
2: it? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yep, I agree. So, I mean, Ottawa's starting to hum a little bit. It would be nice yeah, to... they won s- one in a row. <laughs> <laughs> too late? Don't let them get too hot. too late
0: for you guys? <laughs> Can they pull uh Edmonton Oiler and win five in a row again?
2: No. <laughs> Although Pinto's coming back, too. Pinto's coming back. They could... I, I just feel like this team at 14 and 18 is so much more to give. I'd like to at least see the real Ottawa... I am curious what happens come the deadline. Who goes? Like, are they trade Tarasenko? Trade? They're not going to make the playoffs this year. So, you they, sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, they're in. Just asking. 300th in the Atlantic.
0: All right, how do we do for our first show back in
2: ten days? I mean, we left a lot on the table. We have like eight topics we didn't get to. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know how the show was, but we could. We got more to give.
0: All right, our thanks to Eddie Oldchuck, hockey analyst with TNT. We are back again tomorrow. How many games
2: tonight? I can 13. tell you. 13. matches.
0: Pick one you like, and we're back tomorrow.
2: Pick the Leafs game. We're on it.
0: Yes. Enjoy your night, everybody. Back tomorrow again with Real Kipper Inborn.